Welcome to a very special edition of the Any Given Thursday podcast. Um, today, we're not going to talk about Thursdays. Wow, what a twist, I what know. a change. I know. Um, some might call this filler. Others might call it crucial content. Um, some might call this a waste of time. Others might say that this is the epitome the very, the very tip top of uh, a matter of things to say. I don't think there's such a thing as filler as long as there's quality. As long as there's quality, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. we're going to bring to every episode that we publish. Yeah, and and you know what? We're not going to waste. We're not going to waste the content opportunity. There are children in Africa starving for content, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Let's stay again. Oh, of course. I would hope so. That was a good line. Thank you. Um. Yeah, so what are we talking about today, David? Well, I think today we'll do a little update on how some of the leagues are going, talk about the run-ins where we think teams could finish this year and how they're looking up for next season. You know, Who's going to be playing on Thursdays next year? Who's yeah. going to be playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? And who's just going to be playing weekends because they're not having a great year? <laughs> Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea. It's Chelsea. Chelsea are bad. Chelsea are so bad. Yeah, um, yeah why don't we start where all things seem to in in discourse with the English Premier League. Yeah, we'll just be like every other soccer podcast. Yeah, that's out there, and we'll talk about the Premier League first. There's it's been a dramatic couple of weeks. Uh, City have finally completed a chase down of formerly top Arsenal, yes. and and uh, uh, culminating in a dramatic shellacking at the Etihad last week. Four one, the score finished could have been much worse. Um, Arsenal are now a point behind City. Um, today we're recording Monday, May the first. So at the time of recording, City's a point ahead. Um, with a game in hand. Um, meanwhile, Newcastle and United look like they're they're pulling away for top four. Um, Liverpool just beat Tottenham in a thriller, putting them fifth. Um, with a game in hand, Tottenham and Villa round out your top seven. With Brighton just two points off Villa with three games in hand. That's a lot of games in hand. Yeah. So if we were to uh, guess, you'd suppose Liverpool is looking good for top six at this point. You'd, you'd think, think so. Brighton is looking good for top six at this point. Mm-hmm. And then my guess would be seventh would come down to Villa and Spurs at this point in time. Yeah. I don't know if you want to count Brentford as a potential spoiler out either. Maybe. I mean, they're... Four points off the pace, but and you think at least one of Tottenham or Villa with only four games left would be able to hold them off. But mm-hmm. it'd be fun if Brentford. You know, I want Brentford to get it. So yeah, but don't count them out. They could definitely be a team that's playing spoilers. two wins on the spin now. Especially because look at who they play coming up. They have Liverpool, West Ham, pretty winnable. Tottenham and a potentially coronated Manchester City in the final day. But still, if it's they a, can beat those teams on paper, that should be a tough run in. But yeah. But in uh, practice, if they get those wins, you know, being a Liverpool, being a Tottenham, who are their direct competitors for Europe, could see them maybe creep up that table those couple spots. But we shall see. Brentford have already beaten City once this year. Could they do the double on them? Oh, it'd be great that's to called, see. That's called Spursy. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only team they beat. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Anyway, I, we we could see uh, Brighton very likely at this point. Mm-hmm. To be in a European competition, probably most likely in the Europa League. Um, although technically, if they won the nine points on the table, they would still be 
in top four contention. Um, you don't really want to just gift somebody nine points. Um, yeah. I don't think that's likely, but and I think, but I think top six is probably where they end up. Yeah. A big accomplishment for them, considering they'd never been in Europe before. No, it'd be um, huge. But if anyone knows anything about Brighton and the way they play, I think they'll be a lovely addition to the competition. Mm-hmm. And given some of the depth we've seen from the like just constant youth intake from South America yeah. and abroad, uh, I think, and also assuming they maybe spend a little money, we've already heard some rumors that they're going to pick up. Uh, James Milner <laughs> as a little squad player death. Um, they were talking about uh, Joao Pedro too, I think from from uh, Watford. Yeah. Um. So That'd be a good sign. And that would and they're actually going to splash a couple mil, some couple dozen million on that. Yeah. So, assuming like they actually, you know, they make a couple of signings. Maybe they hold on to. Maybe they don't lose all of these stars. Yeah. I think either McAllister or Caicedo will probably go, but I don't know about both of them. Um, but anyway, they, they seem like they've proven at this point that they can sort of plug these holes as soon as they arise. Um, yeah, because last summer we all thought with the transfers out, like, oh, okay, everyone's still bright and stars. They're going to yeah. drop back down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they've been even better this year. Even better. And, and Deserby has taken them to sort of new heights, mm-hmm. even taking, on, taking sort of like the foundation that Potter left mm-hmm. and like really shrewdly finding like extra levels of of uh competitive advantage um particularly tactically he's been really impressive on that standpoint and it's been a sort of a match made in heaven all that said i do think they are well suited to like a nice run in the europa league next year assuming they get there mm-hmm. um i think they're actually looking like they might have a decent amount of squad depth to be able yeah. to keep compete on multiple, multiple fronts even if it affects their you know points accumulation in the league mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm a little. I think the big concern for me is, can they hold on to Deserbi? Because I think they can this summer. Yeah, a lot of reports around. It'd be crazy if he left after seven months. <laughs> yeah, but if he gets a call from a Juventus or an Inter, who are both being kind of attached to him, even though neither have moved on or made any announcements about their managers yet, that'd be a waste. That would be tough for him to say no to. It'd be a waste. Right. But, the squads for him. And the other concern, I think, is you know, his play style is very unique, very attacking. Yeah, they don't have the squad to, that, to play his style. Yeah, and That was one of the concerns we had with some of the teams coming into Europe this year. But I think we saw when with teams like Fiorentina, it's like when the quality gap is enough, Yeah, you can play so cavalier, and it's not going to come back to bite you. In the conference league. Yeah. Brighton don't concede a lot of goals. Like, I mean, like, they don't concede any more than the teams around them. Yeah. And actually, they've conceded, they've conceded only 40 goals – uh, which is, you know, on par with what United's done or yeah. Arsenal. So it's like they don't they're it, it's I think it's a myth that they like are playing wide open and stuff. They actually like they dominate games like like they really outside. do dominate games, yeah. Um even though they don't have the start names. Anyway, it's enough about Brighton. We could also see Villa possibly mm-hmm. in a top seven competition, prop most likely the conference league. Um and ever since Unai Emery took over this fall from from Gerard They've been quite the story. They've second something like third or fourth, I think, on in the points table since he took over. Mm-hmm. We know he's a top class manager um, from his years at Sevilla, his triumph at Villarreal in the Europa mm-hmm. League just two years ago. Obviously, his wonderful stint at Arsenal started super well. That was really actually. Yeah, I think he was overly criticized. I think they finished fifth, but mm-hmm. they were sort of competing in that 
range anyway in the last years of Venga, and I think yeah. they didn't he didn't really get a fair shake there, um, which the his VRL stint I think proved, and also since VRL since bounced back now and are looking like looking at a push for top four, but they had a tough adjustment for a couple months without him. Yeah, um, he's clearly like a really, really excellent technical manager. Um, he's got this squad really singing. Um, Villa have been trying ever since they came up. They've been sort of building towards this. Yeah. Um, they made some smart signings, Bubakar Kamara among them. Mm-hmm. And they still have some money to work with. They do. They're a rich club, actually. They're one of yeah. the richer clubs in England. Yeah, and they're still still haven't sold or bought all of that Grealish money yet, too. So there's still room for them to keep working without running into any like financial issues. And obviously, the Premier League money on top of that is massive for them. But definitely, I mean, I think whatever team finishes seventh is going to go into the Conference League as one of, if not the favorite. Hopefully not Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing Tottenham needs is to be in the Conference League, League next year. Yeah. And get eliminated again. What Tottenham needs is to be in no competition other than the Premier League. Yeah. And to figure their shit out this summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, we mentioned also the other possibility in those spots is Brentford. That would be quite the story, mm-hmm. um, considering they hadn't been up in the top flight since 45 yeah. when they came up last year, and they're just building on success from the year before. They're a top-half finish looks really likely, mm-hmm. which I think they were top-half last year. I think they were 10th last year um, or 11th, one of the two. Uh, quite an achievement, um, especially because, you know, the there's a famous, infamous rivalry in England with um, – they fell to 13. Yeah, on the last day that yeah. they were right there. There's such a there's a sort of infamous rivalry between uh the chairman of Brighton and Brentford because they're both from the gambling world. Yeah. And they have like a rivalry from that sector. And now Brentford, you know, Brentford's a couple years behind, but the, in yeah. but they're trying to like <laughs> compete. So that would be a funny story if we end up with like the two of them competing for a European spot. But yeah. anyway, um I do want Brentford uh by Tony Bloom, right? Or is that Brighton? That's Brighton. Brighton. So if Brighton qualify, then that does throw a little wrench into the machine because Saint Tony Bloom also in St. Joe was. And I believe he's the like the owner for both clubs. And only one team from each owner can compete in Europe at a time. And since Qatar hasn't bought United yet, they haven't changed the rules because God forbid, you know, we apply the rules to a big club the way we would to a small club. And so that would complicate things. Union might be kind of sitting there hoping, praying that Brighton... Yeah, St. Chilwaz is going, going for the title, too. Um, uh, so that's something... That's not the first time we're going to be talking about this in this, in yeah, this, we'll, uh, we'll in this way on this podcast. But uh, enough about England. Um, let's move to La Liga, Ooh, fun. Uh, where Barcelona seems to be running away with the title, even though they have not always passed the eye test this year. I think it's fair to say they have defeated a remarkable 11 goals in the league this year, which is among the the best performances all time in a league. I believe uh, it's still on pace for the best in the 38 games. Which is wild because at the beginning of the season, we were talking about what a a shambles we thought Barcelona's defense was going to be. I mean, everyone was talking about it. Yeah, this wasn't... We were starting Eric Garcia in the Champions League. I mean, like, come on. Um, So I guess fair play to Xavi and Barcelona, even though they don't look the part of a Xavi Barcelona team just yeah. yet. Um it's still impressive. So I think still he still deserves his his flowers. Mm-hmm. Um who knows what they're gonna fucking do this summer. They're obviously talking a big game about who they want to bring in, but 
that their the league has taken a similar position to last year, where it's like you have to get rid of players to assign any more players Barcelona. Um, I do think people were a little harsh on their European performance in hindsight. They were a little. Right? Like, it, I think it was they were a little unlucky, but I I think it was pro- probably compounded by going out third in the comp- Champions well, League what I mean. two years in a row. Yeah. If it, if it didn't a, happen two years in a row, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, because this year you look at it's okay. Bayern are one of the best teams in Europe. I know they just got demolished by City, but City are even that bit better, right? But Bayern are yeah. undoubtedly one of the top five teams in Europe. Inter in the Champions League semifinal, and their starting 11 is absurd. Yeah. The depth is an issue, but they were playing their starters in those games. Yeah. So it's not, like, crazy that right. the best team in La Liga could go out to those teams. But, yeah, back-to-back years. Yeah. And then the, so Xavi will they be bad against the, United, I thought. That's Xavi true. will get credit for – it's been – you know, three years they didn't win the title, which is a lot for Barcelona in the yeah. 21st century. Doesn't happen. Like I don't think they've gone three years like ever in that in the 21st century without winning a title. Real and Atletico made up the last three, so he'll get his credit for that. But he will be under pressure next year, I think, to to make a competitive Champions League run. And he should um, because they'll be in pot one. Yeah, which will be a huge mm-hmm. help. I mean, yeah. we see we saw Milan this year, right? They went out in the group stage the year before, and then this year. Being a pop one team already talking about it, Milan, yeah, made it out relatively. Easy. There was no other team uh-huh. that, yeah, could, that, was... that was in pop one that wasn't, yeah, in the group. Real Madrid, but... meanwhile, uh, having kind of a, a little bit of a down year for their recent standards under Ancelotti in uh, the uh, in La Liga, but obviously they're back in another fucking conference, yeah, Champions League semi final. So, whatever, yeah, they don't care about the league when it comes to Champions League. Um, Atletico looked like they were going to be in a proper race for fourth this year. They've since rebounded in form the last month or two, mm-hmm. looking a little stronger. Very possibly Cholo's last year at the helm. And if he leaves, they've been talking about this in the offseason. I think that's a very appealing job. I agree. Um, because they have a lot of players that are capable of playing more expansive football, I think, mm-hmm. than they have in the last decade. Yeah. The squad's super adaptable. I mean, there's yeah. tons of creativity, tons of talent around there. I think and they'll probably team... get it, uh, they'll probably get Felix back. Uh, if a, yeah. a new manager, Which... a new manager coming in with more progressive attitude would love to coach him. Yeah. <laughs> and, Although and free him from the the bonds. Yeah. The other option though is you sell him and you have 60 million to bring in a guy. That's true. That but then you're it. admitting your your 70 million loss. So yeah. It's it's tough to do, but um, yeah, it might be the move because the team's been playing so well without him. Mm-hmm. But it's probably not. It's not just him leaving. That's yeah. the change. So obviously, being allowed to play Griezmann in a more uh, important role in the second half now that they figured out mm-hmm. all those issues with Barcelona and potential ownership rights of his contract. So they figured all that out. The team is just clicking. The midfield's been great too. Yeah. Uh, Real Sociedad sits in fourth, five points clear of VRL with six matches remaining. They're in a good spot to qualify mm-hmm. for the. They've been close the last couple of years, falling just short in the Europa League. They look like they're actually going to do it. They just had a really big win against Betis. Mm-hmm. We're also challenging for that spot. Villarreal are five points back for the top four. Betis are now basically out of that race. Nine after that loss to Sociedad, um, and they're uh in a race for those Europa League spots with Athletic Club de Bilbao. Mm-hmm. Um, who sit on 46 points with the game in hand. Um, they're looking a strong case to be in that top seven and be the only new member of Europe this that we'd see from La Liga yeah. carrying over from this season. The other teams in the race, Osasuna and Rayo Vallecano. Definitely in a race for seventh. Definitely in a race for seventh, but Athletic Club has the game in hand. So yeah. 
they're probably going to come just short. Osasuna's had a really amazing season. They're in the uh, we'll do our our, our updates later. Yeah. But they are in the uh, Copa del Rey final yeah. against the mighty Madrid, which would also um, knock Athletic Club out of Europe as well mm-hmm. if uh, Osasuna get that result, get mm-hmm. the win in the cup. So yeah. Couple chances for them to get into Europe, either yeah. Conference League or Europa League. Another news: uh, the other teams still technically in the race. You'd say are Verona and Sevilla, mm-hmm. who have made a mighty comeback from being off the yeah. bottom of the table. They've won four or five in the league. Things are, and they knocked out obviously United from the Europa League. Things are finally clicking for them. Um, yeah, yeah Bar has really found the key to success. Yeah. There. I mean, it, there was clearly something wrong with the structure of the team and mm-hmm. management, just players looking unhappy, not wanting to be there. Cause you knew the talent was not relegation talent, but uh-huh. yeah. So it's not surprising to see them come. No. Right and the squad up, but... still needs a huge amount of refreshing if they're going to yeah. compete for where they want to be anytime soon. There's also not a big gap between the relegation point totals and like mid table point totals in La Liga this year. Yeah. It's like 12th and down is like, I'm all in the relegation battle. Yeah. Um, I do, but yeah, I wanted to give a quick another shout out to Osasuna and Vallecano, who I, I've complained for a couple of years that it seemed like the Spanish mid table was like it wasn't necessarily the quality of players it was lacking in, but like tactically, and it just wasn't fun to watch. Yeah, like like La Liga was like you know the crown jewel of Europe for so many years, mm-hmm. not just because of Barcelona and Real Madrid because it was competitive all the way down, and I feel like it lost a bit of that. Teams like Osasuna and Vallecano changing it or, yeah. or, or bringing us back into the light in spain they're really fun to watch Biocondo in particular plays some wild football yeah <laughs> they're well worth the watch if you haven't seen them yeah especially over the last couple of years mm-hmm. how defensive all those mid-table yeah. teams i mean we're still struggling with that from like potty thumb down you know <laughs> uh absolutely uh but yeah they're playing more expansive they're exciting to watch if even sometimes you know you're maybe left wanting by the talent on Celta Vigo this year, you can still tune into their game and be entertained. Yeah, we're right. trending back in the right direction, I think. Yeah. Um, speaking of trending back in the right direction, Serie A. Very trendy right now. Very trendy. Year. They're ha- fa- finally having a comeback year here. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, though, uh, Napoli was unable to seal the Scudetto at home on Sunday. The league moved the game. So that they could celebrate on a Sunday, basically, yeah. and so that they know the result of the Inter Lazio game before mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, it's something the day. that the league's done before, so it wasn't yeah. unexpected. But the, weird the thing karma, was, the karma cost them there. Yeah, the weird thing was that they rejected it in the first place. Everyone was like, "Why? Yeah. Why would you reject this in the first place?" And yeah. then they were like, "Oh, we reconsidered." But uh, anyway, everyone it backfired. Was, everyone okay. thought it was done too when it backfired. Oliveira scored, and a literal earthquake happened in Napoli <laughs> because great. of it. Uh, yeah, and they're, they were showing uh, the overhead views of the city. There's flares going up on every block in Naples. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, there were other ideas from Salernitana, even though they barely had a kick in the game. Yeah. Dia, uh, Megs, Victor Oshiman, and puts a rocket top corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a brilliant goal, actually. Yeah, but... he's been one of the bright spots for Salernitana this year, coming yeah. on loan from Villarreal, where he just like didn't quite cut it and, mm-hmm. you know, Stepping back to the team where you're able to play every week, yeah, and kind of be the focus of the attack. Sometimes he's shown his talent this year. They barely had it. They barely had a kick before then. Um, oh, cool, six assists. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's had a good a great year. Yeah, and that was yeah. it was incredible skill from him, um, and spoiled the party. Um, now, more likely they'll uh, on Thursday they'll seal the title in Udine, mm-hmm. um, up north, which is a little bit of a shame. I mean, it's still going to be a fucking awesome party. 
yeah. in Naples. There, it was just all set. It was a Sunday. The Catholicness was like perfect that it was on yeah. a Sunday, and the everyone could party all day without concerns of work and whatever. You know, it was still early. It was but, only yeah, but in it the wasn't meant to be. Way of all, yeah. they managed to blow. Yeah, it's okay. They uh, they're obviously a... still they're still going to clinch most likely on Thursday. They could clinch Wednesday. Lazio have Sassuolo. Uh, it's in Rome, so home field advantage. But Lazio are a solid team. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. Well, let's move down to Lazio then. They looked a sure thing for top four mm-hmm. a week ago, and now they've lost two in a row. Uh, they sort of dragged back into the battle a little bit. Only four points clear of fifth and sixth place Milan and Roma. Uh, Juve also looked a sure it, shoe in for the fourth after getting their 15 points back. They've lost three or four yeah. and only picked up one point along the way. Um, Inter finally recovered their league form after like not pick, uh, picking up like very few points in in five games. I can't remember yeah. how many it was, but they lost like they lost three in a row, I believe. Yeah, and then a draw and nobody wants top four in in Italy. No, um, but Inter technically, uh, because of goal difference, sit in fourth place. Milan and Roma even on points. And Milan and Roma also even on goal difference with yeah. themselves. It's a very it's a very exciting race. Let's not count out Atalanta, who are again only two points back of Inter as yeah. well. So it's a proper uh proper four team race or six team it race is. for four, three spots. Yeah, it's at this point, uh, which is pretty remarkable with just six left to play. Um, and of course, a lot of these teams also have uh also have Europe to consider. Yeah. Um, I mean- why don't we start with the uh, with the derby? Milan and Inter yeah. are going to be in the uh, or as uh, as our friend at Paramount Plus, uh, Jamie Carragher said, uh, "Internazionale." Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a great interview. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're 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 playing uh they're playing in the derby, um, a home and home, a home and home, <laughs> uh, at the. It's going to be pretty exciting. Why don't you speak to it as a as a yeah, so not a Milanese? This is obviously a massive, massive game because both these teams won one of the biggest rivalries in soccer. I mean, the Derby could not be at more. It could not be more at stake. Yeah, and the last time they played in the Champions League, the game had to be abandoned <laughs> because of all the flares that were thrown onto the field That's and celebration funny. of it. So the stakes, though, let's walk it's, through that. Obviously, to begin with, it's a it's it's ultimate bragging rights. Ultimate bragging. Nobody wants the other to win a Champions League or go to a Champions League final. Mm-hmm. So that's one level. On another, there's there's Champions League football at stake here. Yeah. They're tied on level on points, um, as we mentioned. And, you know, winning the Champions League would obviously assure being in the Champions League. Yes. And even possibly. Um, and then, you know, there's the league aspect of the Champions League ceiling as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the, the, the comeback of Serie A this year. Yeah, um, being able to be the face of that, the team that's playing in the Champions League final for the first time since 2017, was that when Juve Last were there? Juve, yeah. yeah. I don't remember what year. I, I want to say it was 2017. might have been even before then. But Either yeah. 2016 or 17. Back in those, uh, Juve just walking the league every year Yeah. Uh, span. But yeah, being able to be the face of that would be massive for these clubs. And I think for Inter in particular, the financial aspect of it. Huge. huge. That's the next level, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Inter is broke half. Yeah, they're owned by Sunin out of China, who, mm-hmm. with new Chinese rules, aren't allowed to invest directly into the club because of some Chinese rules about like investing in foreign products mm. or something. And during COVID, Sunin's 
normal company stock just absolutely tanked. Mm. So it's the company as a whole is in a lot of financial difficulties and uh-huh. Inter are a byproduct of that at this point because they can't get the sponsorships that they would like. They can't uh, reinvest the money. They had to take out loans, but now only the club can repay the loan as opposed to Sooning, which was originally planned. And it's just a whole mess because they invested so much right before COVID. They mm-hmm. built new training facilities. They were planning a new stadium, right? They built a new locker room, I believe. Like just a ton of investment and player investment too. And now they're yeah. incapable of paying it back without. That's why Quante left. Yeah. yeah. Even though, which I think is stupid because if he had stayed that other year, that was that title race went down to the last day. Mm-hmm. They probably would have won the title again. <laughs> Quante yeah. stayed. Um, regardless. Yeah, so we have a situation where the three through six in the table are all still left in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have to take it seriously because not just because of pride and wanting to win a trophy, but they because there's no guarantee they'll finish where they want to in the league. Yeah. When with the finances at stake of not being, you know, like an English money team. Yeah. Um, there's a lot at stake and it's gonna be an interesting story to Yeah, and it is just bad, like if you make the Champions League final, it's one game. Right, so even though mm-hmm. Milan or Inter would obviously be the underdogs mm-hmm. going into that game, we've seen better teams than City or Real lose in Champions League finals. Sure, right, like yeah. Chelsea. That Chelsea team beat City two years ago. Yeah, in I mean, what should have been City's coronation. Yeah, uh, the Milan team in 05. That's the thing. A one-off. You never know in a one-off. Yeah. Um. So there's lots at stake. We should also mention, with regards to Italy, that Fiorentina is obviously now the favorite to win the Conference League. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in ninth. They're not really in contention for a top seven spot. Mm-mm. So if they were to win that competition, seventh and could be could be bumped out. Yeah, unless Juventus have another points deduction tacked on. <laughs> so complicated. That's in another. Yeah, that went got sent back down to yeah. the first court oh, where man. they're reassessing it and redoing the case because I think it was the prosecutor that said some things in public that were not allowed and so oh my god it was a biased case so dramatic yeah so there's just so many moving parts in italy right now Mm -hmm. it's really hard to keep track of i do think you know i look at the run-ins and who teams are playing i think roma must be a little upset because they have a really tough Mm run-in and inter as well those teams play they play a lot of the bigger teams right you inter and roma play each other roma have to go to bologna they have to go to fiorentina which are tough and to monza so three of the like upper top half teams, teams, yeah, that are all top half, all top half right moment. now. Yeah. So those are three tough road games, right? If you're yeah. in Rome, sure, whatever. But mm-hmm. those are tough. And then Inter obviously have Roma, like we said, they have the Champions League fixtures on top of it, and they have to go to. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, and they play Sassuolo. They have to go to Napoli. They play mm-hmm. Atalanta the second last week, and so it's a tough run in for them, but. I think I'd give the edge to Milan because of that, but you never know. I mean, these teams seem to go in and you out of would, form. No. These teams uh, seem to go in and out of form. I also want to like point out, snap, so. before we move on from Italy, I want to point out that Udinese looked like they're easily going to compete for a top six yeah. spot for like the first until the World Cup. Yeah. And now they're back where they belong in 13. Yeah. Just where they finish just about every season. They always feel like the bottom of the mid table is yeah. just find Udinese. Yeah. That's where you can end the mid table. Udinese doesn't finish 13 or 14th. I think the league would collapse. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to the Bundesliga, where for the first time in a while, we have an actual title race. Yeah. And it's kind of a shit show. Yeah. Uh, because basically, to recap, Nagelsmann got fired at Bayern um, when they were, I believe, 
two points behind Dortmund in the table or a point behind Dortmund in the table, uh, which this deep into the season obviously hasn't happened since Klopp left. Yeah. So it was a big deal, Bayern going for their 11th straight crown. Um, Bayern then destroyed Dortmund 4-0 in Tuchel's first game and all looked fine for Bayern, like they would finally pull away. And instead, they've had a similarly mixed bag. I mean, mostly wins, but a few a loss here, a draw there. Um, so much so that Dortmund actually flopped, flipped back over them into first place. Um, that is until they were unable to get three points at Bochum this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, who are in place. 16th of 18. Um, Dortmund now falls a point behind Bayern with four remaining. Um, and it's just the most, it's just very Dortmund, isn't it? But Bayern is also very Dortmund right now. So it seems like nobody really wants the title. Uh, meanwhile, Freiburg and Union Berlin sit six points back of Bayern in third and fourth. Um, and RB Leipzig, two points behind them competing for that top four yeah. spot. So that'll be a lot of fun because one of those two teams is guaranteed. Yeah. Champions League. 100%. And then... So we're going to have... Yeah. Either Leipzig or... Means we're not going to get to talk about them in the... In the know, unless Leipzig passes one of them. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they will pass. Yeah. So, um, and then... In terms of who are likely to see in the Europa League, yeah, one of Union, Freiburg, and Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Um, Leverkusen looks a good shout to finish in that top six now. Um, We've talked a lot about how badass Xavi Alonso's looked on that sideline. Um, he's got them absolutely singing in the last couple months. They've been winning and winning and winning. Climbed all the way up to sixth. Um, probably as high as they can get. But um, they also have yeah, to hold off challengers um, Wolfsburg. in Wolfsburg, Mainz, and Frankfurt. But uh, Mainz and Frankfurt in particular, uh, their form has taken a tumble. Um, so we'd probably give the edge to Wolfsburg at this point in time for, for seventh. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we'd rather have minds or <laughs> personally. Yeah. Um, but uh, we should also say Leverkusen still very much in the Champions League conversation because of their Europa League form. Right. They've looked so good in their last few ties. And if they can take out Roma and get to the final, mm-hmm. you know, definitely a, a team that you could see in the Champions League pop one to. Absolutely. So yeah. would be big for the Bundesliga, who's had a relatively disappointing European showing this Except year. Except for Frankfurt. Yeah, uh, Leverkusen. I mean, I, I mean, I was talking this year. Oh, this season. This season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, not on. The well, also day, except but... for Frankfurt. I mean, yeah, because Frankfurt obviously made it through their Champions League group. Yeah, which is which a they weren't surprised. expected yeah. to. But Dortmund went out to a pretty bad Chelsea team. Yeah, and Bayern got, Bayern got dominated. Yeah, by City. Um, which no, you know, get in line on that front. But... Yeah, feels like everyone's done like fine in Europe, but no yeah. one's had like a great run in Leverkusen. No, they didn't even they didn't have a team in the in the Champions League uh uh quarterfinals and beyond, which is a great. Mm-hmm. They're they're down to just Leverkusen and the Europa. Yeah. 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 It hasn't been a great show. But Leverkusen could really save the the image of the league and at least for this season. Yeah. Right. Cologne didn't even make it out of the conference league groups. Yeah, that was uh, that was super disappointing. That was on their that was on them too. Yeah. They had it all in their hands. Yeah. Kind of Cologne, fun. meanwhile, definitely uh, struggled with the with the balance even but mm-hmm. now they've had months of not having to deal yeah. with you know midweek games and they're still only in 11th so 11th now yeah yeah they're i mean that's kind of been their thing mm-hmm. under what's his name 
is that like like one year it's like lower mid table the next year they can try to push for a top seven, seven spot yeah um yeah bomb guard yeah um they also have a ton of players retiring now too um their their main squeeze yeah jonas hector he's gonna retire at the he's end. not even that old you know he's like 33 i think no but he's been playing yeah so much and so what's, what's special about him is that he's uh he's a lifer yeah. Um, a rare thing these days. Um, he even stayed with them when they went down. So yeah. all all of the credit to him deserves his. Similarly, deserves his the Timo Horn, who also could have left when Cole went down, mm-hmm. definitely would have had contract offers from mid table to even European level teams mm-hmm. in the Bundesliga, and he stuck with them. And it looks like he is now on his way out. And this all comes after they finally let go of. Um, Anthony Modest, who'd been a stalwart for their club as well over the yeah, last few years. Just like, dormant for him so far. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize he spent so many years on loan. Yeah. But, yeah, he just kept coming back to Cole and was such a stalwart for them. So, yeah. It's, He's only got two goals for Dortmund this year. Yeah. Tough. So, a lot of, you know, key pieces to that had made Cole into a solid mid-table yeah. side have, are going to be on their way out. Anyway, that, we won't they, be seeing them next year. Looks like we're not going to be seeing Frankfurt. Um, you know who we definitely won't be seeing? Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin, yeah, rock ass bottom. Yeah. Finally going to go down after years with flirting. It's kind of a German tradition for a big boy who's yeah. like really horribly run to to flirt with relegation, end up in the relegation playoff. Last year they lost at home one nil to HSV, mm-hmm. who were the team who had done it yeah. before them. Yeah, and then they turned it around. Yeah, <laughs> and then the second leg uh, in Hamburg. It's just sort of a tradition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so anyway, wave goodbye to them. and uh, But yeah, it looks like we may only have one new team in uh, in European competitions this year. Yeah, not and a lot it, of turnout. Like, it's, it all seemed really exciting at the start of the year. Felt like there were a lot of, in all the leagues, I'm not talking just about the Bundesliga, but felt like there were a lot of, like, new blood coming in. Mm-hmm. And then in Italy, we're back to the current seven sisters are the top seven. Spain, it's basically the same teams as last year. I don't like the Seven Sisters thing because okay. they can't change. Well, you can't change who the sisters are. All right, this it's, it's one sister that kind of it's a half sister. Yeah, they've never been a sister before. The Bundesliga, it feels like, you know, it's the same teams as last year. Even if Freiburg and Berlin are like good stories and yeah. new kids on it's the block, just Frankfurt is probably. I mean, Frankfurt's still in the top seven race, so it yeah. could be them. Yeah. It could um, be it's gonna be Wolfsburg Mines or Frankfurt. And if it's Frankfurt, we'll have no new top seven teams from last year. They'll just be in a slightly different order. Yeah. But then um, in England, obviously that's where we're getting a lot of the actual turnover, like mm-hmm. Newcastle, maybe Brighton, uh Villa, who haven't been in Europe for a while. The new Dawn. You know where else we're gonna get some new teams? League on. Let's go. Because Long Long are currently in third place. Five points clear of Monaco with a game in hand. So yeah. they can stretch that to an eight-point lead with Looking like five games to they're go. They're going to be the most, like, they might be the most surprising top five league <laughs> Champions League. There's going to be a lot of new blood in the Champions League lap next this year. Yes, you know, there's Newcastle most likely, Lons, uh, either Berlin or Freiburg. There's going to yeah. be some There's going to be some interesting. I feel like it's been a while since Lazio has been up there. It's just a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they used to be kind of stalwarts during the Juventus era in Serie A. Now it's been, now that Inter Milan have come back, they're kind of back off. Stalwart is a stretch. But yeah, they finished second once. Yeah, <laughs> they made they made Champions League a few other times. Um. Anyway, but uh, we'll start at the top. I think here with PSG, who every time it looks like 
they've properly pulled away. They go on a run that fucks them over. <laughs> now they're um there's still, you know, five matches left. They're five points clear of Marseille. Yeah. Um it's it's probable that they won't blow that, but you know, it it looks like they like they've uh they started they're, they're in good form. They get a couple wins on the spin. Mm-hmm. They're looking like, you know, they're going to run away with things and then they have a couple of terrible results. Yeah. They got a red card early. Right? It's Lorient, yeah. Lorient, yeah. It was Hakimi. I think it was a second yellow too in like twenty minutes. It's. No, I just experienced that on Football Manager. It's yeah. Very frustrating. It's super frustrating. I can't imagine what uh, Gaultier was thinking. Yeah. It's probably thinking, oh god, this is why I don't like having Muslims on my team <laughs> because he's kind of a racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he, allegedly. Allegedly. I can't. Crazy coached in the south. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he doesn't like Marseille, who's sitting no. five points uh, behind PSG in second. They're had a kind of a disaster at the <laughs> at the end of their group in the yeah. Champions League this season. Um Lons, as David mentioned, uh, very likely now to uh to um to join us, not us, but everybody yes. else in the Champions League, which is a shame. I would have liked to talk about them actually, but it's yeah. great for them. Very well, well run. If they don't beat Marseille in uh their next game, mm-hmm. they could finish third. Right, should finish third. Yeah, the, and that would put them in the playoff for the Champions League. You're right. It's not if guaranteed. they lose, then we yeah, wouldn't get guaranteed. Um, Monaco. Some permutations of like mm-hmm. the European results that would see France get three automatic spots. So yeah, we'll, it's Monaco really was looking like a strong shot for that third as well. They've lost their last two matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monaco's had a weird season. Like yeah, they were they, yeah, they got beat up by Leverkusen in that. They didn't get beat up in that, but then that second leg at home. They're yeah. just a strange team to follow in Europe because of the fan situation and because of the uniqueness of their like position of nationality and all that. Yeah, and being um French, but also not French. Not French. They and have like, they still have like kind of star players. You they know? also have an absurd amount of money to yeah. work with too because of that. And... Even though they have no match day revenue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, just a strange club, but we'll the they most likely a, outcome is that we'll see them in the Europa League next yeah, year. They have a tough run in. Oh yeah. Yeah, they play Lille, Lyon. Ran and Toulouse, who well, we'll that, talk about later. That Lille game is big too because uh, Lille is just behind them in the table, two mm-hmm. points behind. Um, Ren, three points behind Lille in sixth. Lyon, another three points back. And that's kind of your Europe race there. Uh, yeah. A lot of the old boys, um, the, I shouldn't say old boys, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Lyon might also already be out of it. Six points back with five games yeah, to go. Probably, it's going to be, yeah. We should also, you know, league on, we talk about the top five leagues, but from UEFA's perspective, there's the top four, mm-hmm. then there's the fifth, and then there's six, seven, eight, right? So yeah. in uh, Liga, only two teams, only one less team makes Europe right. than the top four. Right. And as we'll mention later, one of those spots was stolen by a mid table team. So only one team at the top part of this table mm-hmm. is going to go yeah, to the Europa League. Top five, right? Uh, this year, you have to finish top four to make Europa League. Because of the cup winner, right? But that isn't there a top. It's top six, and then usually. conference league is fifth. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So Monaco right now have the keys holding to on Europe, to that spot, yeah. to Europa spot. But Lille are really pushing them and have been in. Uh, yeah, it's slightly better. Probably going to be Lille or Ren. Um, it's Lille is you can't really go wrong with any of those two in terms of watchability. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about the French league? Those yeah. them. And like what Lons has done this year is like kind of the model yeah. of fun, exciting young players that you replace all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and it just that usually sort of depends like, on 
that where they finish in the table on like sometimes a coach comes along like Galtier season with Lille mm-hmm. and that was particularly special but um where they would they just have a have a uh they have a special season mm-hmm. um yeah and we should Ren looked like they might be having one of those at the start of the year but then yeah they fall the Carrier injury has really really tanked their attacking yeah. output too bad for that but I mean yeah so if they get him back next year, though, that's a team that could definitely do some damage mm-hmm. if they qualify for Europe. That might catch some people by surprise. Yeah, and it'd, it'd be nice to have Leo back in a competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good to watch sometimes. Um, I want to give a shout out also while we're here to Claremont Foot, uh, uh, yeah. who came up last year bravely fought against relegation. They had a great start and then lost like a million games in a row. Fell back into the battle, survived. They've won five matches in a row. They are going to finish top half season, probably. Yeah. I mean, they were one that last year everybody was like, okay, their last place will work off of that when mm-hmm. the people were making their tables and shocked the world by staying off with a good late run and mm-hmm. really building on that. So it's nice to see. And just another reminder, four teams go down in the French League this year because they're yes. going down to just 18 mm-hmm. um, rather than the 20. So some um, bigger teams are down in that relegation scrap. Because so, of that. The, the yeah, the the our Europa League affiliates, Nantes, Mm-hmm. Winners of last year's cup um, are level on points with 17th place Brest, which is the relegation cutoff. Mm-hmm. We'll play um, one of the biggest games in European football, the Nice Brest Derby. Yeah, the Nice Brest Derby. Yeah. Um, Strasbourg. They're down there with Strasbourg and Auxerre as well. And Strasbourg, um, where a lot of people's kind of like dark horse, maybe they could challenge for a Europe spot pick this year because they yeah. had a good season or building on that. and Things have totally tanked for them this yeah. year. So Nons are, are fully at risk now, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. they really shouldn't be. Any of Strasbourg, Nantes, and Brest going down would be a pretty big team. Yeah, Brest has been flirting with it for years, though. Yeah. <laughs> Brest has barely stayed alive mm-hmm. for many years. Um, the and... good thing for going down is the relegation battle otherwise would mm-hmm. already be done. Like, And uh, now that we're now that we're on this subject, why don't we slip right into the, uh, the cup segment here? Yeah, absolutely. So we can talk about Toulouse. All right, so second year back in in League One mm-hmm. after b- bouncing. Well, I guess they're in League One, bounced down to League Two, mm-hmm. popped right back up. Mm-hmm. Um, but since this uh, the new Redbird ownership took over, they have this impressive model. Um, they play decent football. They they have a good pathway for the youth system, which is one of the better ones mm-hmm. in France, and. Uh, they've really sort of reconnected with the fan base in the last couple of years. Um, and they're going to survive this season, which is already a win for them. Yeah, that um, was probably the goal coming in. Mm-hmm. Let's just, all right, make sure we stay up in Ligue 1. Yeah, so we they've can... done that. They have awesome purple jerseys. Yeah, But also, they made the final of the Coupe de France, mm-hmm. which, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was always fucking mental. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it ended up being between two... Bottom half teams in the league, uh, Toulouse and Nantes. Nantes obviously was there last year. And uh, what happened, dude? Well, Toulouse dominated the game. They sure did. They came out right away. Two goals in the first 10 minutes. Added a third in the 23rd minute. Another in the 31st. And then just kind of rode that out to victory. Bad news bears for Nantes. They started real bad. Finished 5-1. And I... Don't remember who, but Nantes had a big miss in like the 13th minute. That okay, if you get that set back to two one, you know maybe there's space to work off of there. But the defending in the box was in shambles. Yeah, Uh, it looked over from the very beginning. Uh, 
So it's a big, big deal for Toulouse, who had never won a cup of any kind before. This is <laughs> never their... won any trophies. Well, yeah, they've won a couple Ligue 2 trophies, yeah. but that's not They never won really any real the... trophies. This is their first major French honor. So, of course, the city of Toulouse was going wild, yeah. as they should. It was a great, great atmosphere. Coupe de France is one of the fun, most fun atmospheres in football, I think, especially Absolutely. when PSG isn't in it. Yeah. Because... It's... Yeah, like PSG do have a good actual fan base, but, yeah, but they're used to winning. They're stuff. so used to winning, yeah. and so seeing what it means to teams like Toulouse and Nantes, yeah, to be pretty, able to get there. Pretty cool for that those to be the champions the last couple of years. Ran won a couple of years ago. Obviously, not as you know, uh, they're not a bottom half team very often, but um, one of the bigger boys. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a huge deal to the town, um, and uh, it also has other implications on our. Uh, European campaigns. Obviously, Toulouse now qualified for the Europa League, and we'll be hanging out with them next year. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of Hopefully. fun to talk about. But uh, there's some complications. Yeah. We mentioned the Tony Bloom stuff mm-hmm. with Brighton and St. Joe's. Redbird own Toulouse and mm-hmm. AC Milan. Who will, it looks like, be in Europe at least one way or another. Or another. Uh, so definitely think Redbird would prioritize Milan as the much bigger brand. They have more and- money. Almost definitely playing in the bigger competition, barring some type of major collapse at the end of the season, end up in the conference league. But yeah, so that is going to be complicated. I don't know. I know FIFA is talking about reworking, you know, what to do in these situations. I really hope, but... especially, in, I really hope they can find uh, at least a temporary solution in this case, because it would be so rude for yeah. a team like Toulouse, who's ne- never had this opportunity before. And yeah. Also, in the St. Joe's Brighton situation, they're two clubs that play fun, exciting football. Yeah. They're not traditional big boys in any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like if you when you earn that, like there the, there should be something in play, even if it means like the chairman steps away for and like yeah. doesn't have any involvement with the club for the year. I don't in, in, I don't know what makes sense. In, but in like it the real corporate way. world, you can yeah. set up an independent board of directors Probably. for things like this. You know, like. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> you can bring in new people who are uninterested in like yeah. both sides. So they can only just focus on the one team. And you right. can do that when you're like talking about like a parent company buying a subsidiary or yeah. something like that. There um, has to be a solution, at least temporarily, because it's not for me, that's not really an option is to like just not let a team into Europe. Yeah. And like especially if nonsense. they're going to change the rules because of the PSG yeah. potentially buying United or Ineos. But who knows with UEFA, you know? Yeah. Who knows with um, UEFA? But yeah. I think it's uh, they seem to make the worst decision possible for ethics and yeah. morality. It's so, one thing if it was like Watford and Udinese, and you'll be like, okay, well, like yeah, fuck, fuck this dude. Because Watford and Udinese have a history of doing some dirty Illegal deals with shit, Yeah. Yeah. Uh Toulouse and Milan, I don't I can't think of a single sale between the clubs since Redbird took over Milan, which was after Toulouse, I believe. I mean, it's only been it a year. Been, yeah. And I don't think anybody came over. If, you, if you're just looking at transfers fees, you'd assume you had insider trading with Lille, not, yeah. not Toulouse. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lille are just bad at business. Yeah, <laughs> They're actually very good at business. Very good at business. Not great at selling for the right price sometimes. But uh, yeah, I can't think of any transfers. I can't think of any like fishy things between them. So if there's a place to make these exceptions and to kind of set that precedent for UEFA. Yeah. It'd be the it is, I understand that it's a dangerous situation too though because uh because obviously you don't want to like make things easier for multi club owners to like like really go ham on on the sort of business dealings and like not face consequences for 
any insider trading practices or anything along those lines. So yeah. the, it is a difficult situation that um, I think we can all assume UEFA will get wrong. Almost definitely. Uh, because they got they already screwed it up with the Red Bull and Rosenball sport situation. <laughs> Rosenball. Uh, anyway. Uh, but it will be uh, great to see, hopefully, Toulouse in Europe next year. Because yeah. it'll be a really fun uh place to go watch a match to not that we would be able to go see it but you know to see the fans react on tv and yeah. fill their cute little stadium you know it'd be a good place for teams to get to go travel to yeah so uh let's let's keep going with our cups segment here yeah uh, i'm gonna do the copa del rey really fast because i did already mention it that osazuna has made the cup final mm-hmm. um the big deal for the fans if you saw if you want to feel good today go look at the videos of the celebrations in pamplona after the uh after the win um obviously they have a tough task though because they're playing real madrid um carlo ancelotti in a cup is near unbeatable so yeah uh it's not a great sign for their hopes but you know who knows who knows yeah let's hope for the best copa italia will feature inter and fiorentina Inter, another team with a great cup manager like carlo is uh so Definitely heavy favorites going I into that. Them but, in the same sentence, but yeah. But yeah. Inzaghi's kind of a yeah. cup specialist uh, as well. Yeah, uh, we see Fiorentina could do a double this season. Yeah, cup <laughs> double, which would be pretty impressive to see. Uh, they've looked good, but they haven't played any of the big teams in the cup, really. Uh-huh. Um, so, but, you know, it's one game. And Fiorentina, as we have seen, are definitely capable of beating They're, teams like They got their shooting game. boots on the last couple months yeah. after – not being able to score for the first three months of the season. Yeah. They can now do nothing but score. Cabral's really grabbed that starting striker spot by the mm-hmm. top of the neck and taking control there, mm-hmm. which is good to see now that they have somebody who can you know, kind of lead the line. They're a very dangerous team. Yeah, I think that's a toss-up that game. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Pokal, we have, we're have we only down to the semifinal here, but we have a lot of exciting stuff, which is that uh, Bayern and Dortmund have both been knocked out of the quarterfinal stage. Uh, our semifinalists are Freiburg. And Leipzig, it's actually a rematch of the cup final last year, the Pokal final, which Leipzig, unfortunately, Freiburg went ahead first. Leipzig leveled but had a red. Freiburg just couldn't get over the line, and they lost in penalties. Really sad. Uh, Freiburg's also a team that's never won anything. (laughs) So, uh, And the other half is Stuttgart and Frankfurt. Um, So if Freiburg can just do us all a favor and eliminate Red Bull, um, then uh, we'll have a wholesome, wholesome, wholesome Pokal final. Yeah, which would be nice to see. And for Frankfurt and Stuttgart, this is their path into Europe as well. It is, yeah. So. Uh, and then finally, the uh, FA Cup in England. Where... Um, recently, City somehow drew fucking two back-to-back championship clubs. <laughs> Even though, to be fair, they're both going to be in the Premier League next year. Yeah. Um, in Burnley and Sheffield, City beat Sheffield in their semifinal. And United ousted Brighton in penalties unfortunately um it was a pretty even game so i'm not gonna say brighton deserved it necessarily but um it would have been a lot of fun to see brighton yeah. in there instead our constellation is not bad it's a manchester derby yeah and from a european perspective this game doesn't mean anything because they're both going to be in the champions league next year but yeah. the fact that it's the two manchester pretty teams cool adds a lot of spice it's to pretty it pretty cool like yeah united's trying to do the domestic cup double mm-hmm. um and even though i but, get the league cup as yeah. a concept would still be cool for them to do. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Um, it's not like it's not so obvious that United are going to get battered now that they have a proper manager again. Mm-hmm. Um, they've obviously beat them earlier in the season, 
Um, so there's a lot of sort of local pride at stake for this one. I think it's going to be a fun, spicy affair. City, um, on the other hand, have the treble still in play. Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, that's another another element of spice. Yeah, um, I always forget that they're in a, in a treble race. Yeah, because like, they star usually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, at this stage last year, I remember Liverpool was in was all, in all four competitions, and they ended up with how and many? They, they got the domestic double, yeah, because uh, they lost the league by one point, <laughs> and the uh, Champions League by one goal. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, still a successful season. But um, yeah, do you want to touch on any other any other countries really quick before we get out of here? Yeah, so some of the bigger. Cups that have finished, and we know who's going to be, at least in Europe, uh, maybe yes. potentially in the Champions League as well, are the Netherlands, where PSV took out Ajax. Very exciting. exciting. Ajax are having a shite season yeah, for their standards. They're in trouble. Standards. Uh, They've already lost the league, basically. Yeah. Sturm Graz won the Austrian Cup. Very exciting. Nice Do you tournament. see the, the videos of the atmosphere there? I, I did not get a chance oh to Oh, my God. So if you have the time, that's one thing you should absolutely check out on, on Twitter or something. Yeah. The, the flares on both sides of the stadium were unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Royal Antwerp, who are kind of the third team in the Belgian title race. Like, they're mm -hmm. a little behind the rest, but they're still right there. They won the Belgian Cup, so they'll it's a good year for them. You know, they have a chance at the league title. They won the Cup. They're going to be in Europe next year in some form. Uh, some of the smaller ones, you have Cups, won the Finnish Cup. Cups. Good. Um Ordaz, Orda Basi, who were the best Kazakhstani team in Europe last year, not a traditional power there. They mm -hmm. won the cup, so they're kind of like maybe looking to build something. Uh, as always, TNS won the Welsh Cup because they they're the only team that can do anything in Wales. I think they're the only non-amateur team in the league, so they should win every time. Uh, Bruno's Magpies, Bruno's won, won Gibraltar. They're named after a bar. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, Viking Ger Reykjavik out of Reykjavik. Won the Icelandic Cup. Uh, Kirkara won the Maltese Cup. Torpedo won Georgia. Derry City won Ireland. So those will be the teams that come into like the first qualifying round of the mm -hmm. Conference League. So, you know, probably be eliminated by the time we pick any, it up. Yeah, we pick it up in the, the third, third round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, it's still you know, good for them. TMS. Actually, Derry you know, City we can probably do like a little check in this year. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. will, we won't break down all the games because we probably can't even find them. Yeah. But but I think the real uh, one I want to talk about, so Scottish Cup mm -hmm. just had their two finalists sealed. Celtic beat Rangers, one mm -hmm. nothing, and they're going to play Inverness, who wow. are fifth in the championship. Wild. Outside the championship playoff spot. And I see in the semifinal, they also beat Falkirk, mm -hmm. who are also in the second tier. Yeah, right? so there was going to be a championship yeah. side yeah. in there, which is great to see. Um, That's fun. The Scottish Cup is one of those fun... Yeah. Those fun, like, old-school vibes to them, too. Because mm -hmm. it's just, like... There's not that many teams. <laughs> no, there's only 12 yeah. teams in the top flight, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's always space for those championship teams to kind of make a deep run. Mm -hmm. Maybe you pull one upset, and suddenly you find yourself in the in the semifinal or even the final now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Celtic will be a massive, massive, massive favorites as they've already picked up 92 points. In the Premiership, they've scored 103 goals mm -hmm. while only allowing 25, which is best marks for both in the league. They have a 78 goal difference. Wow! After 33 games, oh wow! So winning by Master an average, is like, a pretty good coach. Yeah, they win by an average of like two and a half. It's um, crazy. They're 40 points clear of this of third place. Yeah, 
But maybe, you know, they like forget to pack the team oranges to play the game and they come out really lethargic. Yeah, yeah. And Inverness are able to pull an upset, which would be super, super cool to see. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for Inverness. The last thing we should touch on, just want to run through a couple of the leagues here that we might see next year. Benfica look to be running away with the league, but with four matches to play, Porto is closed within four points of them yeah. and Braga within six. That seems like no big deal, except they're playing both Braga and Sporting. Uh, in their next four fixtures, and Porto doesn't. <laughs> so Porto, you, know, you might as well put 12 points on the board for them. Um, Benfica's, for the goal difference, is in good shape, but something to keep an eye on. Um, Feyenoord is basically going to win. Has already basically won the Dutch yeah. League. Ooh. They just keep winning and winning and winning. They've only lost one time in the league all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ajax are looking like a Europa League team. Actually. Yeah, because P- be- that's the other thing I was going to mention. PSV have just passed Ajax in second. Uh, they're now three points beyond them and in much better form. Obviously, yeah, they beat them in the cup final too. Yeah, so Ajax are now, for the, it would be the first time in many years that they wouldn't qualify for a Champions League, at least the at least, least a, yeah. or the playoffs. The playoffs, least, yeah. yeah. And it's not even guaranteed because Alkmaar is just two points behind them. Oof. So, uh, yeah, so that's something to look out for. Um, yeah, and, and fifth spot too in, in, in the Netherlands is now a valid thing. Well, I think that's... Uh... Oh, the year after? Year. Yes, the yeah. year after. So. But anyway, Sparta, Rotterdam, uh, and Twente were, would be competing for fifth if that mattered. The Austrian Bundesliga. Um, Sturmgras is hanging fucking tough with Salzburg. They are only three points away um, in the playoff section uh, of that competition. So giving Salzburg their first title challenge in many years. Yeah. Obviously look, looking for the double. When I look at this table, the crazy thing to me is that Rapid and Austria Vienna are like, in the championship playoff after how bad they were at the start of the year. I mean, we talked about yeah. it. I mean, the bottom half and... is just like not that great. Yeah. It's not a great league. No, it's not, not a ton of depth. Outside uh, of Wolfsburg in that relegation yeah. group, you're, I don't think anybody would have heard of those yeah. teams. And uh, Super League is getting interesting as well. Galatasaray mm-hmm. looked to have won the title back in January. Yeah. Now they're only three points clear of Fenerbahce. Um, Besiktas, two points beyond that, but with a game extra played. Um and I believe they play 36 games in that league. So there are six games remaining. That's all to play for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, meanwhile, and, and Besiktas sits there in third. Um, uh, Besiktas here and Trabzonspor have both fallen off that race, so we'll not see either of those old friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adana Demirspor sits in fourth, though. Yeah. The other one who's still in play. We should also say two lower table sides in Sivaspor and Ankar Raguku, I probably okay. butchered that, yeah. are playing in the semifinals of the cup. Mm. So there's a chance That's, for... Yeah, Sivaspor, are they going to do yeah, it again? They're going to steal another Europa League Sivaspor five. finished 10th last year and qualified via the cup, and now they sit at 11th mm. and could qualify via the cup. Yeah. Um, that would be quite the coup from them again. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, are there any other leagues we haven't thought of before we wrap up here? And obviously, I feel like we need to mention the Irish League. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is oh, I accidentally pulled up the uh, League of Ireland. Oh, sorry, I pulled up the the Irish League, not the League of Ireland. I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm also forgetting the uh, I'm forgetting the the Belgian. Belgian. Oh yeah, Belgian that's an league. actual important league to talk about right now. So League of Ireland uh, is a summer league, so it actually uh-huh. doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> well, basically, uh, they've just started the championship round. Uh, Gank beat Club Baruga to start off, putting them three points clear of Union St. Joas, but St. Joas uh, is going to play Antwerp. They haven't played yet, basically. Mm-hmm. So they'd go level on points. It's basically going to come down to 
most likely the head-to-heads versus Gank and St. Joe's. Antwerp is also technically still in the mix if they were to beat St. Joe's. Um, so that's going to get exciting. Meanwhile, in the in the Conference League playoff group, uh, Ghent won their first match, but um, basically standard and Circle Brugge and Westerlo are all in yeah. contention there. Yeah, losing to Ghent is going to make things hard for Westerlo now with only, yeah. what, four games left? Uh, they play each other. They all play each other twice. Oh, so three games. So three, five, five, five games, games left. left. Sorry, bad at math. Yeah. Yep. So that's where we are there. Um, and uh, obviously Ireland is important. Yeah, Bohemians are uh, off to a good start again and are probably going to run away with the league. Oh, but thank God. Maybe Derry City can challenge them. Thank God. Maybe. Am I Who thinking knows? of any of the young boys ran off with the league in Switzerland? Um, oh, Gibraltar. Have we checked on Gibraltar? Um, yeah, um, Gibraltar, we currently have Lincoln, Lincoln Reddit. Reddit is shocker. Eight points clear. Shocker. I don't remember exactly how many games they played, but... I love it, him. Bruno's had a great... Uh, regular season but now that they've been in the championship playoff groups uh lincoln red imps uh, as as always magpies dropped all the way down to third no but they won the cup so we'll see them in the conference oh, at the very wow. least so, great yeah well we'll be back uh next week to talk to preview the europa and conference league semi-finals yeah and uh we'll do two weeks of that and then it's championship season baby oh boy idol season um thanks for sticking with us uh, we love you. No, pass. Uh, bye. Wait, cheers. Cheers. Two. Maybe cheers in two. Um, um, who's the Red Imps manager? <laughs> I was going to do a two to elusive manager. Oh, yeah. Montagnier. Cheers to Philippe Montagnier. Wow, that is such a French name. Philippe. <laughs> yeah, even the two Ps. Yeah. Philippe Montagnier. Yeah. I think. Cheers, Philippe. I don't speak French. Cheers, cheers. Philippe. <laughs>